0: Hello everyone, welcome to another Small Business Big Solutions podcast, brought to you by Cisco Designed, where we discuss the IT solutions that drive today's most successful small businesses. I'm your host, Erin Hatfield. Today we're talking with Cisco partner Priscilla's, who as a small business themselves have experienced their own ups and downs over the past two years. We're exploring how they differentiate themselves from the competition with positive experiences for both their customers and their employees and as a Minneapolis-based minority-owned company, how the past 18 months have heightened awareness of social justice initiatives. I'm pleased to welcome two leaders from Priscilla's founder and CEO Damian Young, and Beth Taylor, program manager for DevNet and Managed Services. Welcome to the podcast, Damian and Beth. Thank you,
1: Erin, for having us.
0: Thank you so much for having us. Well, uh, today we wanted to talk a little bit about your victories and challenges you faced over the past year. And uh, one of the very first questions that I have is, can you tell us a little bit more about your company, talk a little bit about your business model and what sets you apart from other technology partners out there? Because uh, for people who might not know, you're a Cisco small business partner, and um, I want to give you a a chance to tell everybody a little bit more about your business.
1: Absolutely. Damien Young, CEO and founder of Priscilla's Technology. I consider us a systems integrator focused on services, managed services, um, IoT. And I think what really sets us apart is our flexibility, customization, and our deep technical skill set.
2: I know one of the things that we're really passionate about is making sure that our staff have every opportunity for ongoing training and really to be you know, to hit that depth mark, I guess, where we really want them to be.
1: Yeah. Constant development is a big focus within our organization. And it really gives us the opportunity to be ready for, you know, to present different solutions to our clients. It keeps us on the cutting edge of a forever changing technology landscape. So yeah, I I would say, you know, it definitely, I think the best part about it is the people that we work with, our team has just been I mean it's a big pleasure to get uh, get up every day and come to work and work with Beth and the other team members it just really makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, being surrounded by good people who are also passionate about the the same things you're passionate about is is really important. So talk a little bit more about like the offerings that you have and how that might vary a little bit from other traditional partners if you will that a company might be looking for. Sure,
1: um, some of the things that we focus on is the customization of solutions, and um, we like to integrate automation and service management. So we we think about the lifecycle of the technology, how it how how is it's truly affecting the people within that organization, and how our customers getting the most out of what they're uh, looking to do, you know, um, technology should work for them. They shouldn't be working for technology. And it it really shouldn't be, you know, a pain point. It should be something that I was like, thank God we have that. So we try to find um, creative solutions and try to apply a continual improvement model to to this. And I think it comes in two parts, the technology and then the servicing and how we use it. So we're constantly looking and self-evaluating through customer success. And um, I think our, our customers become our partners. We, we look to build trust. We look to understand where their challenges are. And, and, and we're ultimately trying to solve it.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, I can imagine that really came in handy over the last 18 months or so, especially with the pandemic and how that really affected small and mid-sized businesses so, are there any examples that you have where you continue to make like meaningful and beneficial partnerships uh, despite the setbacks that COVID presented?
1: Um, I mean, COVID, you know, has been a challenge for every business in America, whether the business is small or large, uh, black-owned or women-owned, or you know, every single business in America was was affected by. By COVID, and and we're definitely no different. You know, some of the challenges that we faced was just uh, the health of staff, and then anxiety of like, literally, you know, uh, is someone going to be there today? I, I would say, you know, we we got to the point where every single person in our company was literally quarantined because they either were exposed or you know we we're just waiting to be tested, and and we just had to endure. We we had to be patient. We had to be you know flexible. We had to communicate. We had to communicate with each other. But what was most important is that we had to put our our, our individual safety first, because then you know that really affected our our family, our um, husbands and wives and children and and you know and we thought about we were thinking about our grandparents and you know the you know um, just everyone. And I mean that's what I think was you know really important for us is thinking about family. Because we thought about people and how you know what our individual needs were, we were able to communicate those things and and then work came second, and that was okay and i and I think because of that, you know, hey, I need to work from home because of this. you know, my children, I don't know how to we don't know there's no daycare, you know what we're gonna do? don't worry, we're gonna be okay. you know, we'll find a way and 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 then in the same light, customers were were just as flexible um and they were facing similar challenges too. So, you know, we just had to work really hard and, and, and not feel defeated, even though everything around us was completely changing. And, and we kind of just rolled with the punches. Ultimately, we grew significantly through the pandemic, and our team was just determined to do that. We invested a lot during the pandemic, and we continue to invest a lot within the organization, uh, mainly through people, their development and training. We... Really focused on the partnerships with our manufacturer, in particular Cisco. Um, we really focused on you know where they were positioning themselves in the marketplace and how we can align to that. And That helped make um, decisions a little easier for us. We expanded into DevNet and automation. We gained IoT uh, Advantage certifications. We tried to move into we're moving into advanced networking, advanced security. You know. We just took took the time to retool and go a little deeper, and um, I think those are the things that really uh, made a difference. It kept us motivated. It kept it kept things interesting. Beth, you were there. Yeah. <laughs> what What was it like for you?
2: Well, I was gonna say I I have kind of a funny story about the working from home. Like you kind of learn things about your coworkers when you bring work into that home environment like it's not a normal overlap so for me like one of the defining moments i feel like was i was on a webex call with damien and i happened to be one of those panic days when something happened and my son had no daycare he's four and uh we were you know doing what we do like deep in conversation and all of a sudden water started dripping I was like, where is this water coming from? And uh, got up and walked around the corner, and here there's water literally pouring through my ceiling by the stairs. So I go upstairs, and my son had shoved a whole roll of toilet paper in the sink and then turned the water on full blast and was playing in a flooded bathroom, waters pouring out the door and coming down the (laughs) steps and going through the ceiling and so it's like you can't make this stuff up like that to me that's a that's like a perfect description of all of COVID was like we were just minding our own business, kind of going about our day and all of a sudden like somebody shoved a wad of toilet paper in the sink and flooded the bathroom. And so I feel like we all sort of like everybody had to learn all these new ways to communicate and I mean, WebEx for us has been fabulous because we're on there constantly. It's basically, sometimes it's the only way I see Damien through the week. Uh, But, you know, just being able to even connect with video is kind of nice sometimes there's been a few hard conversations that we've had where it's like, you need to turn on your video so that I can look at you (laughs) while we talk about this. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely, we've been through our challenges. But I think through all of that, we've really built a solid team. And I, in some ways, like, I don't want to say this has been good at all. But we've built stronger relationships, I think, than we would have otherwise. Like, I think about this difficult situation. Like I've heard trees, if you grow them without wind, their roots aren't that deep. And then all of a sudden a, you know, gust comes and they all fall over. So to me, we're, we're growing something in the wind. And so it's going to have pretty strong roots. So I like that a lot. Ooh, I like that analogy as well. Um,
0: But oh my goodness, that toilet paper and flooded bathroom uh, story. (laughs) Uh, as if you didn't have enough was, that you were already dealing with, I'm sure in your in your day to day. Yeah, not my favorite yeah.
2: part. Not my favorite yeah, part. Yeah.
0: Um, I wanted to get back to. I I I think you both mentioned this earlier, um, but you were talking about like growing your team and providing them with the tools that they needed to succeed, and part of that is being sure that you can take care of their they can take care of their physical and mental health uh, as well through the pandemic. So can you talk through some of the ways that you've helped set them up for success again with like the taking care of their mental and physical health and also like some of the trainings and things along those lines?
1: Absolutely, we really kind of have a a model where ten to twenty percent of the work schedule is is, is kind of geared towards development. So we we provide access to online training tools that are like advanced tools that they have like video classes for a lot of like Cisco or whatever they need to learn. We've got a uh, access to a, a technology library, and I think that that was critical because. You know, getting a class or getting an expert is not always that easy, and, and there's a lot of like self-teaching here. So having that knowledge base is, was 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 important. So we invested in that from a company level. Then we also um, found Cisco training partners, and we looked at their career development, had good conversations about where they where each individual person wants to go, what their interests are, how um, that interest can Best serve and support the organization and, and, and try to align ourselves in that respect. So that meant that, you know, we had several people gain Cisco certifications like Beth. Um, who came in know nothing about nothing about Cisco, and she's now a DevNet associate, and then she's a DevNet IoT certification, which is really powerful. And she manages a team with a, you know, several of those certifications, and as well as other networking certifications. And it's just the, the, the thirst and knowledge, and the the, um, the excitement to uh, share with each other. You know, some of the other things that we, we did were to make sure that people took time off. We, you know, we've done, you know, safe outdoor events when we could. Give a little bit of time off if everybody worked. I mean, you know, when 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 the work was really hard, I rolled up my sleeves and and made sure that I was the first one on site at a project and the last one to leave, you know, to make sure that someone got got rest. From my perspective, I, I you know, I, I thought my team appreciated, you know, instances like that. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm a former Marine. So I try to bring a lot of uh, military leadership skills into my day to day. And I know we've got a mantra, we leave no Marine behind. And, and that's how I, how I treat my my team. You know, it's, you know, I'm not going to be at home, you know, my foot up and, and my team is out there struggling. So I want to I want to make sure that they're taken care of and they've got all the resources that they need. So Beth, how, how have you helped some of your, your, your employees and 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 teammates?
2: I think honestly, just having the opportunity to take that group through Dev Associate and Dev IoT was awesome. I don't think there's a lot of places that would invest in something so new on such a large scale. I mean, five people going through that training at one time is a huge cost. And, you know, opportunity costs as well, because those people obviously aren't going out and making money while we're hard at work studying and everything else. So that was, it was a a major commitment. Um, But at the same time, it never feels like, you know, it never feels like we're isolated really We have a lot of good communication back and forth with what's going on across teams. We try to be pretty open with each other, I think, uh, when things are difficult, and we're trying to sort of build solid processes so that we can tell when things are falling behind. And we've had, you know, there's been times when things were really difficult and stressful. We're not a huge company. But like Damien said, he's very aware of where people are at and kind of keeps an eye on how things are going. And it never feels like we're just being thrown onto a battlefield. We're really being supported. And there's an awareness of all the stuff that's going on. So that's definitely appreciated. Uh, I feel like mental health-wise... Just having that flexibility, like true flexibility to say I I need a work from home day um, is really valuable. You know, having a better understanding of that work-life balance and trying to be, I guess, flexible and understanding. Like sometimes people don't work best in the morning, you know, maybe you're a night owl or whatever. And I think we've sort of tried to find that good balance for people's strengths. And really kind of leaves it up to each employee to succeed. Like, you're really set up. You have to try to fail, I guess, here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the things that I was really cognizant of was fatigue, you know, and trying to figure out what each person needs to recharge. And and sometimes that meant a day off. <laughs> like, look, listen, you worked really long this week. We, 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 we accomplished... Things and and we celebrated our wins together, and we face the challenges together. Right? It was, you know, and it's been, and and it will continue to be a situation where everyone is valued, right? And we we support each other by first encouraging that you can do it, we can do it, and then we also are supportive because you're not alone. So as a team, we can get through anything, and that's what we've done.
0: Yeah, and I I might be sharing some behind the scenes, uh, secrets here. But like when we were, (laughs) when we were preparing for this podcast, we saw the two of you like share a kind moment with one another. Like you, you shared a hug and I, I might've heard an, I love you. Like, like that's (laughs) just not something that you hear with a, a manager or a company owner and an employee that often. So I I, yeah. I have to say, like, guys, this is not something that they're just sharing on this podcast just to say, oh, our company's amazing. <laughs> like this is something that they shared with us, not knowing that we were looking in, like, as we were preparing to to do this recording. So I I have to say, like, this sounds like a, a pretty Pretty amazing place, and all of these measures that you're taking to to support your team and to to create these opportunities for your team, I can tell you, being on the other side, I, I am sure your employees and and your teammates really appreciate it. So
2: well done, well done. We try to keep the we try to keep the love alive. Yeah, it's been- we celebrated mine and Andy's one year anniversary with the company. Like I think we were on a WebEx call and Damien was like, has it been one year today? And I thought he was gonna say, like, has today been one year long? Because it felt like one of those days that like maybe we went into that meeting in twenty nineteen yeah. and came out <laughs> and whenever. But um no, he was like recognizing that Hey, today is the day that you guys have worked here for a year. And I mean, I can't even like we so much stuff has happened oh, in the yes, last year. Yeah. It's crazy to say that not even, you know, professionally, personally, I mean, it's kind of crazy mm. where we've come. So, but we do try to I have maybe been heard a time or two telling people that I love them in the hall. Yeah. Cuz yeah. I just think that's like you got to you I do love everybody I work with. Like these guys are awesome. Our team, I mean, yeah, they're awesome. Like they step in, they step up, we take care of each other. Yeah. You know, I none of us are perfect, but our hearts are all in it. So I like that a lot.
1: Lots of accountability in this in this room. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I appreciate that. And and you know, I want to create an atmosphere where you know, Bath or anyone on our team can, you know, tell me the truth.
2: I might do that. Um,
1: and that is what you didn't see before, what you didn't see 10 minutes before the uh, that conversation was some really hard truths. Yep. Yeah. And conversations that people need to have with each other, but they don't. And because of the relationship we have, we can, we have some hard conversations and we hold each other accountable, believe me. So to be able to Get through um, a difficult conversation and, um, you know, you're sharing accountability or criticism so that way that person can be better. The better they are, the better the team is. And that's our perspective. And and that's, I think, I see that across the board. Everybody creates a culture and they're very protective over that culture. And I think that that's so amazing because to get through the pandemic, know that you can trust people and uh, know that clients are getting, you know, more than they're paying for. It is... <laughs> It is, um, it's one less thing you got to worry about. So that way at the end of the day, you can go home to your family and truly be there in that moment and give them what they need.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, speaking of the pandemic and accountability, I'm going to make a little bit of a a shift here and talk through a, a, a difficult topic. You know, as a small business owner in Minneapolis, talking through... The events of the last year and a half, with May 2020 marking uh, the death of George Floyd. And then a year later, Dante Wright uh, was also fatally shot by police. And Minneapolis then became like the epicenter for social justice with protests throughout the city. You mentioned during that time being a black business owner in Minneapolis, it, it was really hard to separate being a black business owner and the social justice initiatives that were happening at the same time. So I just wanted to provide an opportunity for you to, to talk through and, and share uh, some of your perspectives of what was happening during that time and how it affected you and the business.
1: I got to take a deep breath because it's, 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 you know, I know this
0: is heavy and it, and I, I, but I think it's important to to talk through because you, you can't separate the two. I take
1: a deep breath because, um, it really has been right in our backyard, you know, literally. You know I've looked at this from so many different uh perspectives and and I think the one thing I'll say it's there is no one perspective one we're we're all Americans and we're all neighbors. I've got a responsibility as a business owner to everyone, you know, and I recognize that for the people of color in my organization i th- I think about how they feel um, how this has affected them, and you know, I really have thought about and had some really great conversations to build up the, you know, African Americans within my organization, and as well as help maybe transcend, you know, the conversation to other ethnic backgrounds, right? Because, you know, everything in here was, I mean, it was just so, so much tension, you know, so much uncertainty, you know, it was... I guess for as a black man, first of all, I mean, it was nothing new. You know, this is it was um, it wasn't like, oh, I was shocked because I wasn't. I mean, I'm being honest. Um, Every day I walk out my door, I've got to think about it and make sure that, you know, I got to come home to my my two little ones uh, safe because they're relying on me. But at the same time, I guess what was going on here was I mean, it was it was I think to me what was Amazing, and nobody talks about this, but the people that were marching, thank you, because they weren't just black; they they were everybody from every culture. And in Minnesota, where it's predominantly white, you know, for people to get out there and be supportive, you know, speak up, right? You tell your kids, you know, when you see something, you say something. And and I think people, just at that right moment, right when the pandemic was um was starting, they they saw it and they were just outraged, and they they had the time. You know, because their their lives were paused, and they they said something, and to me that w- that's something to celebrate. You know, my neighbors, no matter what color they were, uh, no matter their gender or their age, they were out there saying something. I mean, this is stuff. You know, I, I I'd been just you know appalled by those kind of actions for years, and and I I was just proud to see people speak up against it, right. You know, I, I, I do, you know, there, there, there were challenges and, you know, there are opportunities that arose from that. And I think it's good that organizations are thinking about how they can give back a little bit because diversity is not a bad thing. Uh, social justice is not a bad thing. And um, it, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do. Uh, that's all I got to say. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's the right thing to do. And I mean, I think what, how, like going down to the memorial and, you know, thinking about hundreds of years of, of, of pain. And again, you know, just to kind of bring it back home that, you know, there weren't just one type of people there. Like there were so many different type of people. And that's, that's what was beautiful out of the situation. Like it was us all coming together in a, in a really volatile environment. During the election where everybody was against each other, you know, and and everybody coming together. So the, the pain of losing George is horrific. You I mean, no family, no individual should ever go through that. And then, you know, Dante, you know, being like living literally right around the corner from our office and our team members actually interacting with the officer that unfortunately um, was a part of that. I mean, it was almost surreal. You're like, wow. Um I just, you just shake your head and, you know, at the end of the day, I pray for at all parties. I think about, you know, myself as a parent and I just hope that we continue to work really hard and that these issues aren't issues when my kids are adults. I think that, you know, the pandemic has been a opportunity for every American to pause and think about what's valuable. And and, and I pray that, you know, post-pandemic, this isn't just a, a fad or Something that you know organizations or individuals just jump on because it's a bandwagon moment, I really hope that the sacrifices that these individuals made and the mistakes that others made you know we all learn from them, and we can hold our you know the people that we elect uh the people that we that that are supposed to protect us uh, we can hold everyone accountable and uh I just I just hope that these things um stop i mean I just you know for me i i I wanna you know, I, I want to, the legacy that I try to leave behind as a black CEO of a company is that whether, I mean, again, whether a, a child, you know, has a disability or they feel disadvantaged or whatever the case may be, because there's insecurities and, um, disadvantages in all kinds, right? So I want to say, Hey, as a CEO, they can potentially look up and say, well, you know what? That African-American man, he did that. He is a leader. You know, he's he, he was able to grow a company or, you know, do something successful. That means, you know, maybe I could do that someday. So I, I feel inspired by leaving a legacy beyond just tragedy. And I think that that's important. So when I think about Dante or, or George, I, mean, I don't want that to be the only way that black men are perceived within our, our culture, you know, because it's—I uh, mean, it's—it's it's more than that, and—and and I don't want a, a young black man to to fear the police or not feel like they could be successful. I don't want to—I don't want them to think that that's their their destiny. So, I mean, I think I—I I do have a social responsibility to succeed. You know, and that drives me, and I'm okay with that. And I'll take that—I'll take that chip on my shoulder all day long, and I'll carry that into my grave. So. We got no problem owning that, and uh, that's 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 one thing I'm proud of. So as I think about you know George and Dante, I wish I wish their families well, and I really hope that our community heals and and continues to come together, and we uh, can thrive. You know, post pandemic.
2: You said something that just really resonated for me because I felt like. This was before I worked here, you know, when all of this kind of came to a head and George Floyd was murdered. I was working at a home care agency at the time. And I remember I was sitting at my desk and my mom called me and said, you got to turn on the news. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, I don't I don't like watching the news, basically. And I just remember this sinking feeling that how could this happen in my state, in my city, you know, and I, and I, you said, Damien, you weren't surprised. And I was, and I think that's a huge part of the problem. And I feel like if any good has come, you know, like you said, it's people coming together and not staying silent. Because the longer people stay silent, and, and I'm not talking about the people who are experiencing the problem. I'm talking about everyone else who sees it and says nothing. That to me is where it really becomes an issue, where it gets worse. Because to see something and say nothing, it's like you're accepting it and saying that it's okay. And I was so really taken aback by this happening. Like I felt like we had a better place than that. And I've learned a lot since, you know, that day really hearing race and kind of all the socioeconomic struggles discussed more in the news and not just not just hearing about you know these tragic events but hearing more like stories of how I guess how this is being addressed on a systemic basis it's I've become more aware of that and I feel like that's it's been a good thing for me, and I hope that other people have had that same type of journey. That at least the awareness of it, and not being first of all not being silent about it, but second of all having a little bit less fear to ask a question or bring something up, or uh, you know, not to have it be so taboo.
1: One thing I'll say um, when you see events like that, and I, like I said. You guys have no idea how close we were to the Dante Wright issue. I mean, where the officer was literally in our building working on an investigation with us days before that happened. It's not once removed. That's like right there, you know, and it, it's just like it's PTSD. It's PTSD on so many levels for the community, um, for everybody. So the one thing that I think that is important within our organization is that one we have the freedom to talk and we have the freedom and, 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 and we all listen to each other and we don't judge and uh, it, it it's it's you know when you're when you're dealing with PTSD on a literally a global stage you know we we literally just have to respect each other and listen and feel like we can you know communicate and talk about our feelings and and that's that's something that i've seen in this organization that's something that i experience at home i encourage you know with friends and family and we we, we talk about these issues because it, it's like how I felt in the moment, how I felt after—it's evolving. It's not something that was just you know one moment in time. We're living it, you know, and being in Minneapolis, it is now part of our DNA um, as 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 Minnesotans. And it, it's it's an experience that you know for my kids to grandparents, they'll they'll take to their graves. And I, like I said, I just really hope that none of this continues to happen in any community. And and I hope that people um, can really be sensitive and supportive of each other. Because as I said, this is like PTSD.
0: Thank you for sharing that with us. I can imagine it was hard to see firsthand. And then, like you said, it's something that you live with every day. And you've experienced basically your whole life. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity of being able to share. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we really appreciate it. Yeah.
0: I want to make another shift and you've touched on it a little bit, but with what we've gone through, we collectively, you as a company, gone through the last year and a half to 18 months, looking to the future, what do you see changing with your company's growth? What do you see changing with the offerings? What do you see changing with the uh, types of organizations that you target? What do you see changing with some of the support that you offer your staff? Again, like kind of building off like the, what we just talked about with like the hopes for the future, using that as like a stepping stone.
1: Yeah, no, um, I think that's a great question. Um, change, change in our industry is pretty consistent. And I think most of us are, you know, prepared for it. I think the first thing I look at is, uh, in saying "Hey, how, how are we preparing for that change? And I start with myself. I start making sure that I'm knowledgeable, um, making sure that I'm setting realistic goals. And, um, I, I I personally put in the hard work to, um, work towards those goals individually. And then I help others set goals that align to that. So goal setting is like so important. And then goal execution <laughs> is even more important. And then just, you know, holding each other accountable to those goals, right? Pivoting when we need to, changing when we need to. I, I think that is, is is critical. We're investing in automation because we see a shortage in the workforce. And we think that technology is going to fill that gap. We see uh, a huge vulnerability in security, and so that's another area that we're investing in, and and that's done through our security classes and certifications, and engaging with um, other partners around that, um, teaming with partners that are really experts in within the field, so we can offer more to our customers around security and automation. We see a huge opportunity within IoT because of the cloud growing and because the cloud is growing the data center is being centralized so what's left to touch and feel uh, is is iot and uh, everything is starting to be connected and you know it it's, it's, it requires automation and it requires security so, um, you know, those are three things, three areas, the cloud, um, security, and DevNet that we are actively investing in, and we're trying to make it more accessible for for our customers. We're trying to make it more affordable for our customers. We're investing in financial components of delivering technology, um, be cognizant of the supply chain, and looking for... Just different solutions when a door closes because something's not available, or you know, trying to find other ways to get things done for our clients to meet a compliance or whatever the solution you know need is, um, and, and and really we do that by focusing on what the outcome is, clients. So I kind of alluded to it earlier. That is all kind of, you know, in one big pot for us called customer success. So we lead our sales organization through a customer success lens. And just, you know, it's basically never taking our eye of what the outcome of the customer and the expectation of the customer is and how do we get there as efficiently as possible and making sure that we're communicating that to the customer because that changes as well. I mean, those are just, you know, kind of some of the things that I see coming in the market uh, place. And I, I mean, I, that to me, that's a three to four or five year kind of window. And uh, as a small business, right, I have to make a conscious investment in my uh, organization, starting with the people and developing their talents and making sure that they're compensated uh, fairly. In turn, I have to make sure that we are charging our customers a fair um, rate because, I think all that has a cost associated with it and making sure that we're choosing the right kind of customer that makes sense for us that is gonna appreciate that development so we can constantly have that model because again, at the end of the day, the customer wants an outcome. They don't care about how cheap it is. You know, whether it's partnering with Cisco Capital to give, you know, finance options that are affordable to our clients. Um, I think that that's really critical for our growth as well, because small businesses, they require an investment in technology so that they can deliver the goods and services that they want to do. And they can't use tools from 10, 15 years ago. They're going to need things like WebEx. They're going to need things like secure Wi-Fi. I think security is pivotal in all levels of our economy with all organizations. And so everything that applies to a large organization, I think now because of the cloud applies to a small organization. So, you know, we try to think about how to scale those solutions to at an enterprise level uh, to, to small business. That is a constant conversation and, and we have to do it in a way that makes sense, business sense for them. Again, these are all like data, data conversations with our team. We try to put ourselves in 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 the the shoes of the customer, and we try to uh, listen to our partners, work with distribution partners to uh, know what's coming, what's 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 going on in the industry, and then uh, again listen to our customers. You know, so that we can understand what their what their needs
2: are. I think. The best part about working here is the constant, like I told Damian, never let me get bored. So like for me, the future is just continuing to be on the cutting edge, continuing to develop, continuing to push each other, you know, really ongoing training and education and keeping up with all these new, we were just talking about Cisco Plus, Cisco as a Service, you know, what's the newest, what's the up and coming you know, and how do we make sure that we're considering that when we deliver these opportunities and, you know, being one of the first, hopefully one of the first companies in the U.S. to get the DevNet, advanced DevNet certification will be good. You know, I mean, those are kind of short-term goals, but we literally were constantly talking about strategy and what direction we're going and which pieces need to be filled by which people. And it's, I think having a focus on that keeps us aware of that long-term goal. It doesn't let you lose focus of that long-term goal because there is so much day-to-day also going on. So just keeping that awareness of where we want to get to, I think like nobody wants to be doing the same thing in 10 years. So I think that kind of keeps our gears turning and keeps everybody motivated. And we're really, I mean, I hear people people here all the time talking about what we're building we're really building something unique and I think the people that really fit this team are those people that really want to build something unique so I hope that we keep moving in that direction and finding staff that fit that mold
1: yeah the to the uh to the notion of um, the challenges that small businesses face it's um it, it's you know and I kind of alluded it to to, uh, earlier was that you know hey finding good talent is, is is difficult you know for us it's like well we don't have to f- necessarily find the person that has that expertise already you know we've been willing to take a person that has the right attitude that has the desire to learn and invest in them and work with them you know and mold them into the the percellus model if you will and and that's that's something that's consciously done, intentionally done. And and I think not waiting for you know um, a recruiter to find just the right person has been a good strategy for us. And I think we're going to have to do that. Being a small business, you know, so that's 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 important as well. So
2: we've also talked about that, and I still like. I think we both have this hope that we'll be able to sort of bring some people up that maybe wouldn't have the opportunities that we can give. Because I think we're in a unique position to offer access to ongoing education, ongoing certification through Cisco, and really a, a path for a career that you can raise a family on this income. You know, it's something that you can get into without a lot of, you have to have a have a desire and an ability to learn, like the growth mindset that we talk about, but you don't have to have a lot of pre-existing knowledge. So I think that's a really cool piece of our puzzle is that we are, you know, Willing to take somebody that doesn't really have,
1: yeah, and I think what you're where you're coming from is you're talking about you know the typical pedigree. Yes. Is someone, you know, do they have a bachelor's degree? Maybe maybe they only have an associates or you know they're just out of high school, but you know th- they're they're just as intelligent and are are we willing to um, invest in them and um, give them the opportunity to grow? and I, I think that's important. I so that the answer is yes. And I think, you know, being part of a social justice movement as an organization is giving opportunity to individuals that may not have had, you know, an Ivy League education, you know, and but not dis- discounting their ability to succeed or just be, uh, you know, become um, a systems engineer. And I really do feel like, hey, there is opportunity for those that don't, don't have traditional learning paths because of, of, of maybe access to funding or, you know, whatever disadvantages they, they, they have, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe it's a woman that was not in the workforce because there was a decision to take care of her family, you know, or whatever it is. I mean, it comes in all forms, right? But being able to give a person a chance that is willing to work really hard, I think is, a, is, is you know, a part of the formula here that helps us, will help us grow, and then finding talent in those people um, i think is going to make us a better organization because it's diverse you know and we'll 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 hire uh, right. you
0: know league
1: college graduates and them. stuff like Only that if but they love we them.
0: won't discount anyone just because right, they went right. to harvard I mean, there's
1: value in <laughs> all
0: types yeah <laughs> right exactly Yeah, we're seeing a lot uh, of that trend, especially with hybrid and remote work being such a huge priority right now. That's really being a great equalizer with hiring practices because it's giving access to such a huge talent pool right now across all industries, which is fantastic because it is opening it up to all those non-traditional candidates for quite a well, a majority of, of organizations. And that that's just fantastic because like you said, people who traditionally have not been able to to maybe have access to the positions or the education opportunities that other people have. It, it's a it's a whole new world out there. And it, it's it's really given rise to more diverse workplaces and it, it benefits everyone because I I really enjoy not having people look like me uh, sitting across uh, Webex and or across a table when we're back in person because it it makes. For better ideas, it makes for for more creative and and again better uh, campaigns and and what have you that come out of it.
1: Our thought on you know uh, individual development investment goes beyond just you know working on a certification that's going to help our company. We do even as a small business, and I mean we're just, we're under twenty people. We we do tuition reimbursement, so that way we can encourage training, and we've had a few members of our team take advantage of that, you know because you want people to thrive. And I think, we, you know, we just have a sense that, hey, it's not just internal, but it's external too. So uh, I'm really glad to see, you know, organizations, you know, think outside of the box. And I think it's, it's, it's critical for our survival. I worry about people coming out of college with this huge debt. And it creates an instability within the workforce because they're carrying so much debt, you know. How do they develop? You know, you 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 know, you you can't come out of college thinking you're going to be a manager or a you know director. It doesn't happen. There needs to be a sense of development. And if you are under that kind of pressure, I think it, it it's it's another you know big issue that you know goes on. But you know, we um, we'll get through it. We'll we'll we'll. Uh, I mean, as a country, yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs>
0: You're here to tackle every problem for every company across every industry. You'll you'll take it on. You'll take it on, and everyone will feel happy and balanced and loved at
2: the end of it. So <laughs> that's right. That's the goal. That's the Procellus way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing to your point too about college, it made me think of SciTech. Just kind of a shout out to the SciTech program. We were able to work with this awesome internship program, and I think it's been really valuable for our team to kind of add some of those people and be able to experience something that, you know, we wouldn't have necessarily found them without that program. So it's been nice to have that internship, and I don't think every place is willing to kind of put themselves out there and take on interns because you just never know what you're going to get. So I thought that was pretty cool to give that opportunity to somebody. It's something that I hope we can do again. Awesome. I, uh, I I am happy as a former intern whose
0: job turned into a full time job. I I say kudos for that. (laughs) So yeah, Yay. way to go. Um, Before we wrap up, are there any final
2: thoughts that you guys want want to share with with the listeners? I all, The only thing I would say is thank you for letting me be here. I really have enjoyed the last year and I know we're going to go nowhere but up. So <laughs> I hope that we can do this in another year and mark our progress and tell everybody how many new people I found to love. Uh, we'll put a calendar reminder. Uh, that sounds great. Down for
0: a year and revisit?
1: Um, honestly, I'm, 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 I'm really excited for the future. I'm excited to continue working with the people that we're working with. I'm excited to find and develop new talent. I'm excited to continue to deliver um, outstanding services to our customers and build our customer base. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to participate and do things within our community. I think the, <laughs> the one thing that I'm really like I've got this little vision of my son, who's only eight years old right now, of him actually being an intern. You're thinking about being an intern, and kind of have this vision of just watching him go through the hard knocks of, of <laughs> and having some manager just give him a hard time, and getting out on you know out in the field and <laughs> just doing some grunt field work. You know, I, 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 you know, what I look forward to the future. I, I you know, I hope that we're a organization that could uh, could facilitate something like that. So you know. It's it, it's cool. You know, we'll continue to invest in deserving individuals, especially you know former service members like myself. You know, people that come from diverse backgrounds like myself, people that want to work hard, people that care about their community, and 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 we'll be we'll be a place for that. That's going to really put family first. And I think when when that security and that stability is there, and you know that I could take care of my family, you can come to work being sure about yourself and sure about what you're doing and really be the best, you know, and I think customers deserve that. So we'll continue just to grow as an organization and and thrive to thrive for continual improvement and just be better. I'm I'm excited to be part of that journey for, for so many reasons.
2: And maybe a family barbecue (laughs) once COVID is (laughs) not so scary anymore. I like it. We've been talking about it. I like it. It'd be nice.
0: Well, on that note, I just want to say thank you to uh, both of you. So thank you, Damien. Thank you, Beth, for joining us today. It's been a great conversation. We touched on so many topics, and it's been very enlightening. And thank you again. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Erin. It's a pleasure. Anytime. Uh, looking forward to uh, coming back and chatting about technology. Looking forward to listening to uh, more of your podcast. Yeah.
0: Oh, nice plug. You got you get the gold star. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Right? Awesome. So I'm
1: definitely coming back.
0: He's a sales guy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. And finally, I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us in the Small Business Big Solutions Podcast. To learn more about Cisco solutions, resources, and expertise tailored for small businesses, please visit cisco.com go slash SMB. Once again, that's cisco.com go slash SMB. And remember that every big business starts small.